Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. Motley Fool Money. Stock of the Week. G'day Fools, Scott Phillips here, the Motley Fools Chief Investment Officer here in Australia. And welcome to our flagship series of the week, Motley Fool Stock of the Week, where we bring you on YouTube and, of course, on the Motley Fool Money podcast. I'm not the star of the show, though. The star of the show are our analysts extraordinaire, the people who make the great decisions, who bring you their well-researched, well-covered, well-thought-through stock recommendations. And remember, of course, Stock of the Week is literally bringing you a Motley Fool recommendation for free. Yep, absolutely free, because we think doing so will help give you a sense of what we do at The Motley Fool, whether you're a member of one of our services and not others, or frankly, no services at all. We want to peel back the curtain just a bit, give you a sense of what goes on inside, so you can consider whether or not The Motley Fool might be right for you, and frankly, just get a good stock pick, because everyone likes that. Speaking of which, speaking of those analysts extraordinaire, one of the very, very best, Ryan Newman. G'day, buddy. How are you? Good, thank you, Scott. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm very, very well. Thank you for joining me again. I uh, always appreciate your insights, mate, and expertise. So thank you for spending the time. I know our listeners and our viewers appreciate it as well. Of course, we are coming to you across multiple platforms. We are multimedia megastars, as Dame Edna Everidge was once called. I'm not sure either of us necessarily fit that particular bill, but we'll do our level best to bring you a video and audio experience that is well worth your time. Right now, we're talking about a business that I reckon for many, many Australian investors is the, the granddaddy of them all when it comes to understanding SaaS or software as a service. Of course, we're talking about Zero, a company that we're claiming now as an Australian business because it's only listed on the ASX despite its New Zealand roots. So uh, just because we like to keep... Take all the good stuff. We'll claim zero as our own. Much past that, mate, I'm going to hand over to you. Tell me, I'll tell our listeners and viewers, what is zero? What does it do? Yeah, Scott, we like to claim all of the good New Zealand businesses over here. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll take them. Uh, so zero. Pavlova, Farlap. Zero is, yeah, a, exactly. uh, as you said, a cloud-based business. It trades on the ASX uh, with the ticket code XRO. Uh, at the time of filming, um, the share price is about 115 bucks and the market cap of about $17 billion. Uh, and before we go on, I should disclose as well that I own shares in this business. Um, it, it's funny that you mentioned, though, that a lot of a lot of the listeners, our listeners will, uh, I, I guess, pair zero up with the, you know, the, the, the general cloud-based business. It is the traditional sort of cloud-based business. And it's really interesting because I, I do remember listening to, uh, his name was Trent Inns, I, I, I believe it was him that I was listening to speak uh, quite a few years ago. And he was the previous managing director of, of Zero in Australia. Okay. And he mentioned that early on in the sale, in the company's sales pitch to customers, the sales pitch wasn't exactly about, you know, basically trying to sell Zero. It was really about what is the cloud? What does the cloud actually do? <laughs> and bet. most of those yeah. early customers didn't really understand that. And so Zero was sort of, in that sense, almost like a pioneer in the space. Um, so I guess that's, that's one of the reasons why uh, a lot of investors will sort of pair, pair the two up. Um, anyway, back, back to Zero though. It is a cloud-based mm-hmm. ac- uh, accounting platform. And really the, the core product was essentially born out of frustration. So uh, one of the founders, uh, Rod Drury, who uh, is no longer with the business, but he he was basically he basically recognised that other accounting software uh, was difficult to use and also cumbersome, um, and his solution was to build out a cloud native platform. And what I mean by that is uh, the, the the more traditional forms of software, which you know you'll probably remember. By, uh, buying a disc from you know the local office works or JB Hi-Fi or whatever, you then go home and put it in the disc tray. You load it onto the computer, and then you know probably twelve months later you buy a, buy an updated product. If not, maybe you let it go for five, ten years. Who knows? 
what the cloud product basically does, or, or I guess the cloud revolution, it really brought about a different way of, of driving that software and with it creating a whole lot of benefits as well, not only for the consumer, but also for the businesses, in this case, Zero. So Zero, some of the benefits of, of uh, selling a cloud-based product, one, it can be sold as a recurring subscription. Um, there's less upfront cost for the customer, uh, which means greater revenue over time for Zero. It's hosted off-site. So as I said, you don't actually need to, to buy a CD for this uh, uh, and then load it onto computer. It's hosted on servers, you know, whether that be in the United States or here locally in, in Australia. Uh, and, and therefore, it makes it more easily installed for the, for the consumer. You li- literally just log on to the app or, uh, or go onto the, the net and access Zero there. Uh, so the product can be accessed from virtually any computer, smartphone, tablet. And for the consumer, that's really important these days. You know, business is always on. Uh, business managers and business owners always want to know or they should be should be able to tell exactly what is going on in the business at any time. Um, so, you know, in that sense, the, the cloud-based product is really important. But I, I guess as well, one other really important benefit to or that, that Zero brings is obviously between managers of a business, small businesses in particular, which is what Zero focuses on, um, th- those small businesses really want to keep a strong relationship with their bookkeeper or with their accountant. And with Zero, that actually allows that to happen. So uh, it's my understanding that uh, most accountants really, really love the Zero interface and the Zero product, uh, many more so than uh, what competitors offer, like Intuit with QuickBooks or MYOB, uh, Myob, as some people call it. Um, they, they just prefer the interface and actually using uh, using um, Zero, the Zero product. So. And what's interesting about that is my personal accountant uh, and the accountant of my wife's business. Um, she actually—I I don't know—I don't know if she still does this, but she used to charge more for people who for, for businesses that wanted to use QuickBooks or Myop. Um, right. And I don't know if she's still doing that or if she's just flat out refusing to to use those products anymore, mm. and and you know mm. basically uh, solely zero. So I guess in that sense, zero has a really powerful. Salesforce, uh, I suppose, in the uh, the accountant and bookkeeper market as well. I reckon that's a really important one. I've got to say, uh, you know, technology companies are viewed different ways by different people, and it kind of depends on what your style is, your approach, your preference. Um, some people love the tech of the tech. Some people love the business of, of the you know of the business. It's kind of one of those weird things because as much as the tech is great, and as much as that's all true, and going to the cloud was a massive, massive revolution. There's not only there's the app on the cloud, but the data itself, right? You don't have to worry about taking data off, sending it to the accountant, getting it back, all that kind of thing. But that sales force of that professional accounting body, I am 95% sure, maybe that's a bit high, uh, that without that particular approach, if they just tried to go straight to the consumer, not enrolled accountants in part of that process, I would, I'm going to just randomly guess that zero might be a third of its size today because that was such an important change. My, my wife's accountant, my wife's also got her own business. Uh, they, he actually uses MYAB for what it's worth. But in any case, the idea was we went to the accountant and said, hey, can you do the books for us? He said, yep, we use MYAB. Here you go. Here's the code. Log in. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even a question of which software do you use or what do you want to use. And if you think about Zero, who got there first, got there better, and has done an amazing job of enrolling those guys, it literally is a case of it's really the accountant you choose and what they prefer 
that drives in most car parks, particularly those small and medium businesses, the software you use, they were such an important linchpin. Um, so I, I, I think the, the smartest part of the strategy, the most, I would say most value is being created. I mean, you can't do it without the cloud, I suppose. So maybe it is just a, a cart and horse problem. But I, I'm, I'm not sure that anywhere near as much value would have been created had they simply said zero to customer or client or business without the accountant in between as a really driving force. Do you, do you reckon I'm completely off base? Am I close? What's your sense of that? No, I, I absolutely think that having that sales force through the accountants and bookkeepers has be, be, been a major driver. And uh, I, I'll sort of bring one of my risk uh, risk factors forward okay. here. I was going to mention yep. that this in the risk uh, later, but um, the, the business has struggled a little bit uh, with, I, I guess, momentum in the United States, the North American market. Okay. Um, and when I say struggled a bit, it... Some would argue that it should really just pull out altogether (laughs) and just focus its resources elsewhere. And one of the reasons for that, aside from competition, is also that there is a different model over there. So it's not as likely that uh, that that businesses will you know have that that relationship with their accountant or that zero would have its relationship with that accountant. So it certainly played a really Mm. key role in helping to drive its growth uh, here and New Zealand as well, and, and 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 the UK too. Nice, mate. We talked a little bit about the past, where it's come from, where it is now. And of course, those things do influence the investment case. So it's not going to be an entirely different conversation. But let's take it from kind of why, where it's come from, what it's done, how well it's done, which is really well. Let's look at the investment case from today because we can't buy last year's profits at today, with today's shares. Uh, we can't get the growth story in the past if we buy shares today. What we can get, hopefully, is a bright future. Now, you own shares. It's a, it's a wonderful recommendation. So I'm going to assume the case is, uh, is a good one for why the future is bright. But talk us through the investment case specifically for Zero today. And just I, I will do a quick reminder, Matt, before you do, I'll just jump in here. Um, we're recording this at the very, very beginning of February 2022. So if you're watching this later, uh, remember, of course, we're not, uh, you know, have you may have changed. It probably doesn't, probably won't. We're long-term investors generally, but hey, if something happens this earnings season or anything else, we may and will change our views. So just be mindful of that. While I'm here, remember this is personal advice only. Uh, sorry, general advice only. I get that wrong every time. General advice only, not personal advice. And also, uh, we are not expecting the share price to move anywhere in particular in the next day, week, month, or year. We occasionally have someone on our YouTube channel in particular who says, oh, that was a dud pick, wasn't it? And look at the date. Well, the video was three weeks ago. We have no idea what happens to Zero or any other company in the next three weeks, three months. If you start to go out three years, that's where we hope to be right and five years and above is our sweet spot. So let's get that out of the way. And back to the investment case for zero, mate. Yeah, Scott, uh, look, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm, I'm only providing general advice here, so don't try and drag me down, <laughs> down with the boat with you, mate. Thank you, thank you. Uh, no, where, where the business is today. Um, so as of uh, the 30th of September 2021, it had three, three million subscribers around the world. Uh, that was up about 20% on the previous year. And those uh, consumers are really, or the, the uh, businesses, the subscribers are really spread across the ANZ, uh, so Australia and New Zealand, with about 1.7 million subscribers. North America in the UK, the majority of those in, in the UK, about 1.1 million. And then the rest of the world segment, as it calls it, is about 200,000. Um, beyond being just an accounting platform, what this business is really trying to achieve is to become a, a small business portal. So it's not just accounting. What they really want to try and do is help small and medium-sized businesses to perform mission-critical tasks uh, like payroll, invoicing, expense tracking, uh, bank reconciliation, and I I suppose ultimately to spend more time, to allow them to spend more time in managing their business rather than handling the financials. And and that's really one of the core elements to what Xero is trying to do, to 
to, to empower those small businesses. Um, it also helps them to understand their businesses better because of its easy to use uh, interface. As I said, most accountants and bookkeepers really prefer to use Xero's uh, platform. Um, and it does this obviously also using a cloud-based model. Uh, so with the interface that's preferred by accountants. One of the reasons though I really like this is the SaaS model. And, and you'll find this with a lot of the businesses that I do recommend or the, the businesses that I tend to look for. The SaaS model, because it provides a high revenue vis- visibility, mission critical uh, pricing power. And SaaS, I should, uh, I should highlight, means software as a service. So, uh, consume, uh, t- so businesses are really subscribing to it, paying a monthly or, or annual fee. Um, and that is recurring to the business. So high revenue visibility there. Um, uh, I, I also mentioned before that accountants act as an extension of Zero's marketing arm, which saves Zero uh, the marketing dollars and uh, delivers via, delivers these services via the cloud. And it's also growing the ARPU. I mentioned a minute ago that I like this because it's not just an accounting platform anymore. It's trying to become that small business uh, portal. So that over time, I believe, will allow it to grow the average revenue per user. Uh, now, that has been stymied a little bit through COVID. I know they have stalled one or two uh, price hikes, uh, but generally okay. these sort of businesses are able to push through those price, pricing increases because, as I said, it's a mission-critical service. Without zero, what are the what are the businesses going to do? They're going to go back to, you know, doing things the old-fashioned way, doing it maybe on a spreadsheet, uh, you know, mucking around with their accountants again. It doesn't work. Most most if not just about every business that uses Xero, I think we'll probably just, you know, be happy enough to, to pass over those extra couple of dollars per month, uh, which over time can actually add up to quite a large value add uh, for Xero. So, yeah, as I said, it's, it's adding a lot of value to its customers. Um, I believe there is an opportunity to continue growing uh, average revenue per user. And as well at the minute, that they are spending a lot on marketing and sales, but you know, that's, that's really dri- uh, driving that growth engine. Over time, I think they can start to scale, scale that back and really start to generate stronger margins too. So uh, I see a bright future for zero. Very nice, man. I like that a lot. And those are really important metrics when you talk about the number of customers it picks up and the average revenue per customer or per user, as you mentioned, ARPU. That idea is a really powerful one. The uh, Techies and investors love both acronyms and, and rhyming uh, terms. So land and expand is the phrase that a lot of our viewers and listeners will have heard before. The idea is you get someone in on a zero you know, I don't know, what is it, a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever it costs these days. Uh, and then you say, well, while you're here on just this basic accounting package, would you like this payroll product? Would you like this other thing, as you say? And that's the ability to then, rather just, I mean, price hikes, price increases work generally as well. But getting a user to use more elements, more modules, if you like, of the zero platform is a really, really attractive way. And again, if, if, if they just simply create the value, hey, you're doing payroll, you're doing rostering over here on a piece of paper or whatever, we got something that can help you with that. Want to do a back reconciliation? We can do that as well. That's a really, really nice way many many companies do it it's not just software by the way it tends to be focused on software the idea of acquiring a customer then selling them something else that can help them on top of what they came in for is a really really great way to build value for them and and as you say for the business itself motley fool money for more subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener Mate, let's go to those risks. I know I, I dragged one out of you earlier. Apologies for doing that. Uh, but let's go to the risk because as we say most weeks, 
whenever we make a recommendation at The Motley Fool, we're saying to our members, we really like this company. We expect it'll, it'll beat the market. Now, we're wrong sometimes, by the way. That's why I have a portfolio approach, as I say, regularly. Uh, but even on those ones, we think, like, we think this is a really good chance. At the current price, given the outlook, we think this is worth buying. But we're also cognizant that there are risks to that expectation. There always are. There always must be. And it would be, would be you know, uh, wrong of us not to highlight those, even though we say, yep, we think you should buy it. But be aware of the risks. That's an important part of investing. Let's go through zeros, mate, because any business has them and zero has them as well. What are some of the top I don't know, two or three risks that potentially face not only zero as a business, but an investment in zero at today's price? Yeah, so I mentioned before the United States. Uh, it's, it is a tough market to crack. Uh, it was always going to be a tough market to crack, but I think ultimately uh, I would say that that market is essentially lost. Um, and one of the risks here, I guess, is that Zero continues to really press and try to, I guess, eke out as much as they can from it. Mm. I, I think that would be a mistake. And I think, you know, focusing its resources on markets where it can win and is winning, I, I think would be a better a better thing to do. And, and I guess that partly comes down to the competition side of things as well. Mm. Um, Zero really was that first mover in the cloud accounting space. Uh, but QuickBooks by Intuit has really done a, a tremendous job, a job in, internationally as well, and uh, they've really caught up. So I think competition is a, a big threat here. Um, I would say innovation is another one. So when you've got competition, you want to make sure that you're staying on top of that, uh, and that requires dollars. It requires uh, resources to you know pumped into development and that development doesn't always necessarily work out. So it may be for nothing or it may just be that it sort of stymies, uh, stymies zeroes margins over time. Um, the the last one I'll mention as well, I'd, I'd say, is probably involuntary customer churn. Uh, I don't think many customers would voluntarily um, churn or t- take themselves off zeroes platform. But the fact that zero focuses predominantly on small and medium-sized businesses... Some of these businesses are actually more, uh, you know, I, I guess, more prone to suffering through an economic recession, for instance. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, this was one of the risks, risks I, I guess, coming into the uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, we actually did trim some of our position at Pro at that time because we thought a lot of its customers, unfortunately, may, may uh, suffer the consequences of lockdowns, you know, and be the first to go under. So... Uh, that was, that's what I would refer to as involuntary customer churn. Um, something to watch out for. Yeah, I like it. Re- really important, man. Really important risk to be to be mindful of. It does remind me too, just a quick tangent. Um, we look at other tech companies sometimes and say they're spending all this money to grow, to expand. Why don't they just slow down and make some profit? Profit. In hindsight, I think it's probably fair to say that Zero missed a trick, um, deliberately or otherwise. Maybe it was outside of its uh, range of control, or maybe it wasn't. But had it got to the US more quickly before, as you say, QuickBooks buy into it, grab that market. Maybe we're looking at a very, very different scenario here. And it really is the problem. Where, you know, the, the beauty of digital software is it can be rolled out really, really quickly. Uh, and things happen really fast compared to the old school of you know making more cars or steel mills or whatever. You develop this software, you sell it anywhere, but it also means everyone else can as well. And so being first into those markets, grabbing that market really quickly costs you a fortune. But if you don't do it, as we possibly have seen in the US, and you, I don't know if this is the right characterization, mate, again, feel free to disagree, but it strikes me that had they maybe taken a different view and said, we need to fight this war on more fronts because if we don't, 
someone else is going to get there first. We may see a very, very different story with Zero today had they been there, I don't know, a year, two years, three years earlier than they really tried hard to push into. Um, and maybe that cost them that market. Is that is that a reasonable assessment or a reasonable way to think about other fast-growing tech companies? Yeah, I think so. I think international expansion is always going to be a risk. Um, I think Zero has done a, a, a really, a really strong job of, of mm-hmm. growing internationally. It's it's predominantly the United States market that it has struggled in. So I think for the most part, it's done quite a good job, and I would like to see it continue to expand its operations uh, further internationally. Um, you right. know, Canada is one of those markets. South Africa mm-hmm. too. Um, but yes, I, I do. I do think that you know, had it got there earlier, then uh, maybe. But also, as I said, I think full credit to. Uh, to Intuit as well. I think they've done a tremendous job of, of growing uh, in the in the United States. Nicely put, mate. And thank you for letting me take you down that quick tangent. Let's go then to our patented, not really, uh, elevator pitch, the first of the 31st floor, as I say every week. Uh, give me the 30 or 60 second pitch, mate. You've gone through the company, you've gone through why we like it, you've gone through the risks. Why should our listeners and viewers consider today buying shares in Zero? Look, I'll, I'll call it an Australasian success story. <laughs> uh, I'd like to claim it, but I'll say Australasian. Uh, yes, as sure. I said, really compelling product that absolutely makes life easier for both accountants and business owners. And I think that's really come to the, the forefront as well over the COVID pandemic where, mm. you know, we haven't been able to go out and actually see our accountants in person. And that has made it much, much easier and more convenient as well. And I think that's really just highlighted, uh, I guess, some of the benefits of Zero. Uh, mission critical in nature, so it does provide a service or a solution that small and medium-sized businesses that use it really can't afford to, to go without anymore. Uh, expanding use cases by becoming a small business portal and uh, a lot of growth potential as well. St- still with a lot of businesses out there, uh, I guess, relying on outdated accounting methods or also uh, you know spreadsheets like Excel. So um, yeah, I-, I think strong growth opportunity. Beautiful. Thank you, Rhino. Before we go, a reminder that if you're listening to this on the podcast, we have another one, The Good Oil with Scott Phillips. Check that out where I speak every fortnight or so to some of the movers and shakers, the entrepreneurs, the experts, uh, the executives around the around the world that really do a fantastic job and help us understand more about what's going on and how you can make it as a success in business. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Just go to the YouTube and search for the Motley Fool Australia, or if you want to type it in, fool. Oh, sorry, fool. YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Fool AU. Uh, that's the direct URL for our YouTube channel. Otherwise, just as I said, look for the Motley Fool Australia on YouTube. And of course, if you are on YouTube, thank you for watching. Make sure you hit the subscribe and notify buttons. So your subscribe button down below this video and the notification bell that will make sure you get told every single time a new episode drops. And why not check out those podcasts, Motley Fool Money and The Good Oil with Scott Phillips. We're on all the socials as well, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search for me, search for The Motley Fool Australia. You'll find us where everywhere. And most of that, so all that stuff, frankly, is free. So why wouldn't you? Check out what we have to offer. Rhino, thank you for spending your time and your expertise with us. I really appreciate it. I know our viewers do too, and our listeners. And for those who are spending time on the other side of the camera and the microphone, thank you for spending your time with us. We know you can do a thousand other things and we appreciate. Hopefully, we've delivered on the value offering that we've suggested we would, which is a stock for you to consider adding to your portfolio. All that's left for me to say, on behalf of Ryan, myself, and the whole Motley Fool team, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under Financial Services Licence 400691. 
listener.